What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Most Valuable Podcast. I'm Jacob. I'm Nick. And I'm Andrew. Today, we're going to discuss the Northwestern versus MSU basketball game, uh, kind of break down what things, where things went wrong, and what we want uh, to see in the future to, you know, just be a better team. And we're also going to be talking about uh, Ron Burton and MSU uh, agreeing to part ways. Um, so started off Northwestern game. Um, as you guys know, we lost, and it was a very ugly game uh, for Michigan State. Anytime you lose to a team that shoots less than 35% from the field, under 31% from three, and under 60 from the free throw line. It's just a recipe. I just don't even know how you actually even lose that game. It's honestly very shocking to me. Have, uh, 17 turnovers is atrocious. Jacob, I have a theory. And what's that? Last year, we started the Time Out with Spartans podcast and the basketball team was dog shit. After our first episode of this podcast, we lose to Northwestern at home. Yeah, and especially we were talking about how, like, Max Christie was, like, starting to round into form and, you know, play a lot better as of late, and then he comes out with the one-for-eight performance, 0-for-5 from three. And we were talking how confident we were in winning this game. Like, we are basically saying it's an automatic win. Yep, yeah, definitely, you know... Didn't expect to lose this one, but, you know, there there's definitely a couple of areas that we need to significantly improve in, one of them being turnovers, like I said. 17 turnovers is a recipe to lose to almost anybody you're playing. I agree. And then our fans saying uh, the reason we lost was because we had Joey Hauser in at center at like the near the end of the second half, but in my opinion, we had sixty two points. They had sixty four. Joey Hauser's not the reason we lost. Um, against a team like Northwestern, I expect our team to have like eighty points or more. So we could, we should have outscored them no matter who was in the game. Um, the reason they won, in my opinion, was offensive rebounds. Uh, we had seventeen. They had seventeen compared to our eight. And here on CBS, it says, out of those 17 rebounds, uh, Northwestern got 16 second-chance points out of that. And MSU is a team that is always good at rebounding, so it was kind of shocking to see them get all those offensive boards. And it, it just blows my mind that we lost. It's, it's not even Izzo's fault, like our fans were saying. It's you, he, you can coach rebound as much. You can coach rebounding as much as you want, but when the players don't do that in game, there's nothing you can do as a coach. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially when you have like a slightly undersized team. Uh, outside of Bingham, we don't really have any real huge bodies. I mean, I think the next tallest player on the team is probably Madi Sissoko, and he's, I think, 6'9". So, you know... We've been a good rebounding team all year. Uh, these kind of games, though, we, we just can't get out-rebounded by a team like Northwestern like that. We can't turn the ball over 17 times. You just got to think, if we even turn the ball over five less times, 
you know, that's five more possessions that we have if we don't let them get, what'd you say, 17 offensive rebounds? Yep. Yeah, 17 offensive rebounds, you know, you cut that number in half, that's five fewer, or five, seven possessions fewer for them. Uh, You know, they shot 66 times compared to our 51. That's definitely uh, part of the reason why we lost, most definitely. Anytime you're outshot by 15 attempts, then it's not good for your team. I agree. Angie, have anything to add? Um, no, not really. You guys hit on most of my points. Whenever you're, whenever your team gets offensive rebound like that and turnovers on top of it, it's never going to lead to success. I just want to talk about, like, uh, there's one thing that was uh, a bright side of this game, and Andrew said in the last podcast is he wanted to see Julius Marble give us, like, some, some uh, a good backup center and he did just that against Northwestern, had 18 points and was 7 for 7 from the field. And that's another thing our fans complained about was because when Joey Hauser saw the court at the end of the second half and Marble didn't. Thing is, when Marble was guarding their center, their center gave him, what, three fouls, you said, Andrew, in the span of five minutes? Is that correct? Is that what you said? Yeah, something like that. Marble was in foul trouble down the stretch, and that's another reason why Izzo had to sit him. And... People were also calling for Marcus Bingham Jr., but Bingham even said that he didn't hustle enough. Izzo uh, said he didn't hustle enough, and that's why Marcus Bingham sat. And if, if, if a player's walking up and down the court, then you have to sit him, no matter uh, if he has a height advantage on the other team's center. Like, you just got to sit a player if they're not showing hustle. Um, one thing um, our fans needed to realize, too, is one of our best shooters, if not our best shooter, uh, Max Christie went one for eight from the field, and you're not going to win a game when your best shooter is going one for eight. Um, I don't know. I guess one thing we can put the blame Izzo on is uh, I don't think Izzo, um, like, he always likes to put the blame on himself, and uh, he doesn't like to hold his players accountable, and I think that's something you should do as a coach is hold your player players accountable more in a loss like this. Yeah, I agree. Um, Another thing that I realized, like, watching the game is that just throughout the entire game, especially in the first half, um, we definitely looked sluggish out there. And I think you can attribute, you know, just a little bit of that to the extended layoff, you know, with uh, the school down the road ducking us. Um, Yep. On top of that, you also have Bingham, uh, Christie, and a couple of others coming off of bouts with COVID, um, especially with Bingham. That's uh, one thing that he's been trying to focus on for basically his whole career is to get that stamina up and be able to play more minutes. And, you know, suffered a bit of a setback with, with COVID. And that that's a little bit disappointing, but I think he'll turn it around. Another point that I want to make real quick is I would really like to see Malik Hall get more shot attempts. I'm looking at his stats right now. He's averaging about 10 points a game, about five rebounds, uh, shooting 61% from the field and 56% from three, which is pretty insane because he's not a guy that's, you know, he's not taking 10 threes a game, but he's also not taking one three a game or one three every four games. You know, he, 
he has that ability to shoot. And that's one thing that I was watching uh, closely from the off season to now was to see, you know, if Malik Hall could develop that jumper. And it, it's been real good so far this year. And I would love to see him uh, get some more touches and get some more shot attempts up. So at that point, I have a question for you guys because I've gotten a lot of my followers saying they want to see Malik Hall start. What do you guys think about that? you guys think Malik Hall should be getting the start over Joey Hauser? I don't know necessarily about the start, but I do think he should be playing starter minutes night in and night out. Uh, barring foul trouble, I think there's no reason why he shouldn't be playing 25-plus minutes a game. You can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here he's only playing about 22 per game this season, which you know isn't bad. But I'd like to see him more up around that 25, 26 mark. I agree. And um, Andrew, you, what do you think? You think Hauser? I mean, Hall should get the start over Hauser? Honestly, I don't think it really matters who gets the start, just because Izzo has a Izzo's rotation so big, and really Hall goes into the game within the few the first few minutes, anyways. Um, I do think he should get more minutes, probably around what Hauser gets in terms of starting minutes. But uh, overall, I don't think it really matters necessarily who starts at the four. I agree because, in my opinion, this is what I always say to them. If if uh, Hall starts over Hauser, who's giving us our bench points? Exactly. Yeah, I, I personally, though, I do think Hauser could be a good piece off the bench, um, kind of lead that second unit and True. maybe give them a little bit of stability because that, in all honesty, has been one of the the issues lately uh, with, with our team is just the second unit comes in and there seems to be a pretty big drop-off for the most part in terms of production. You know, obviously that's how it's supposed to be to a certain extent, but you know, if we do get into a position in a game later down the line where we're in foul trouble or somebody gets injured or, you know, anything that can happen playing the game of basketball, uh, I'm a little bit unsettled about the bench and how they can step up and help us win games. I agree. And looking at our bench right now, uh, I'm pretty sure Tyson Walker won't be on the team next year. I think he's a grad transfer, if I'm correct. Uh, when you have your bench point guard leading your team in turnovers, I do not want to see him starting next year, A.J. Hogard. And that's what I mean by um, Tom Izzo needs to hold his players accountable because he al- Izzo always blames his uh, himself on the turnovers, but if you saw last game, Hogarth tried to make a ridiculous pass to Max Christie by trying to throw it over a defender in between. Goes right in the defender's hands so they get an easy bucket. Like, Izzo, that's not your fault. Like, you're, you have a point guard who, who claims to be a floor general, and he's, he's doing stuff like that and leads the team in turnovers with 2.5 turnovers a game. Like, you got to hold players accountable. You got to say AJ hasn't been uh, – controlling the ball very well he hasn't been running the offense very very well you gotta you gotta start holding players accountable when especially your backup point guard who could i don't know we need a a point guard who uh can start over aj next year i don't i do not want to see hogard starting uh for this team next year 
Yeah, I agree. I don't really want to see Hogard starting. Um, granted, he could make a big uh, push and end up, you know, having a good off season and being a good player for us next year. Um, I do think I think Walker will be back. It, it says at least on ESPN here that he's a junior. Um, oh, so hopefully we'll have him back. Um, if not, I am excited about uh, Trey Holloman coming in. I think he can, you know, at least take some minutes as a freshman and get himself in the mix a little bit, kind of like what we've seen Aikens doing this year. No, I agree. I agree 100%. I think Trey Holloman will be pretty good. You know, in terms of the game and everything, I think I've pretty much covered everything I've got to say. Do either of you guys got anything else you want to add? Anything we missed? Um, don't blame Izzo for the loss. Uh, when your team doesn't shoot very good, and when your team has 62 total points, uh, they're getting beat uh, with offensive rebounds and giving up 16 second-chance points, 17 turnovers, like, you're just not going to win no matter how the coaching is in that game. So it is not to blame as much as everyone's going to disagree with me. It's just not – it was not the coaching in that game. All I wanted to say real quick was that uh, Walker does have two years of eligibility, so he'll, he'll be back next year. Perfect, perfect. And so that will lead us into our next topic, which is uh, Ron Burton, D-line coach uh, at MSU has parted ways with the program. Uh, Andrew or Nick, you guys want to start up with that one? Um, I'm not going to say who said it because I don't want to get in trouble, but all I know is that um, this firing of Ron Burton or whatever you guys want to say, I, I'm pretty sure Mel Tucker and him talked and he he was just departed from the team. So uh, I heard that uh, this departure of Ron Burton uh, saved us some starting D tackles next year. Uh, the names I heard was Jalen Hunt, um, Jacob Slade, and Simeon Barrow. And those are all three possible starters next year. And Simeon Barrow is a, a dude who's averaging, uh, who was getting like two sacks a game before he got hurt this year. So in my opinion, yes, our D line was good for the past 10 seasons. But if you're going to lose your, like three star D tackles for next year. Get the hell out of here, to be honest. Yeah. I, oh, go ahead, Andrew. All right, my bad. Um, I was just gonna say I agree a hundred percent with what Nick said. Um, obviously we don't know exactly what's going on behind closed doors, but if there's something happening that where you're gonna lose your starting D tackles because of one coach, then he he just needs to get out. I don't really care how long he's been here for. Um, I also wanted to say that with him being gone now, I think we can bring in a hire who's, um, who has a bit better recruiting capabilities. Burton wasn't really the best recruiter on our staff. And I think that it's shown and really more in terms of our DMs and our tackles. I think really Jake, when Jacob Ponishuk's your best DN you've had in a, in a long time, that kind of shows that your recruiting is not really where it needs to be. Yeah, I agree. Um, I want to start off my little bit by thanking Coach Burton because obviously, you know, he has been a monumental part of 
kind of the resurgence in MSU football over the last decade, you know, minus a couple of down years at the end of the D'Antonio tenure. Um, But, you know, the thing with Coach Burton that I've realized and I've seen people saying, and, you know, as I see people saying it, I look a little bit more into it. And, you know, who outside of maybe Jarrell Worthy, what D tackle or DNs really still hang around the program a lot and, you know, come back. You see hundreds of players come back all the time, wide receivers, quarterbacks, O-linemen, running backs, linebackers, you know, but you hardly ever see any D-linemen still hanging around the program. Uh, Jarrell Worthy really is about the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Um, And then you go back to the whole Malik McDowell situation and some of that, and I've heard that Coach Burton poorly handled that situation potentially, and there's just things behind the scenes that people don't really know about that go into this uh, decision. And like, like Nick said, and like Andrew said as well, when you've got your three top D tackles that are returning next year in Slade, Barrow, and Hunt, uh, hypothetically wanting to, you know, enter the portal if said coach is retained, then you just got to, at that point, do what's best and part ways with that coach. Especially with a guy like Barrow, like Nick said, he was averaging, what, like two sacks over over one sack a game before he got injured and was out for a few weeks there towards the middle of the season. And I want to say, I believe he's a redshirt freshman or maybe sophomore, so he's got a lot of eligibility left. He was a very good player this year. So I think retaining those players in Hunt, Barrow, and Slade is going to be much more imperative to the team's success moving forward than retaining coach Burton. I agree. So with that being said, um, is there anyone specific that you would like to become our D lines coach? I don't think I have anybody specific. I don't know who's really available and who's out there. And with, you know, since Tuck hired coach Jordan just recently, and nobody saw that coming. You know, he wasn't even a name on anybody's radar, really. Um, so I think it could be anybody. Uh, you know, Coach Tucker has been around the the country a lot. Uh, you know, he's been SEC coach. He's coached under Saban. He's coached at Georgia. Uh, he's coached in the NFL. He's got a lot of contacts. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him poach some former or current SEC coach or a guy from the NFL, and that'll help with recruiting. I assume that his, the, whoever he does hire as the coach is going to be an elite recruiter, and that, that's all I really want. I just want somebody that's a recruiter and, you know, somebody that's got that SEC or NFL background and has been successful at the Division One level. I agree. Uh, definitely need a, a good recruiter, but something that I wouldn't mind seeing is uh, we just hired a NFL trainer, so why not um, ask uh, Coach Jordan if he has any suggestions on a, a good hire because if you could get someone that's trained or helped with uh, Coach Jordan, that could be pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I agree. If you can 
kind of ask around and see because obviously coach Jordan now trained 195 plus NFL players you know he's got to have contacts yeah I was just gonna say I agree with what both of you guys said and um really I hope it's just a guy um who can recruit and I kind of hope that like with the Jordan hire we went with a more younger guy a guy who's going to be a like a hopefully a really good recruiter an out-of-the-box type hire I think I kind of want to go with a more veteran guy, a guy who has more. Um, I think that's I think that's what they should take for the approach for this hire. But I don't think there's any anyone we could really go wrong with, really. Yeah, I trust whoever Tucker ends up hiring. Tucker kind of seems to know what he wants, who he wants around his team. And, you know, maybe maybe even Coach Vickerson gets promoted and then we hire like a, a recruiting specialist for a coach. There's a lot of different ways that it can uh, end up going. But, when, you know, only time will tell. I haven't personally seen a short list of any names, but I'm sure in trying to hire uh, Coach Jordan, there was multiple interviews with multiple people and you know maybe one of those people had a great interview uh for the defensive ends coach job and will be taken on as the d-line coach you know we, we just we won't know until a later day obviously this is pretty damn cool having a head coach who has a resume at alabama and georgia like that's insane yeah he and even you know he wasn't necessarily terribly successful in the NFL, but having that NFL pedigree and knowing how an NFL team runs their team and what it takes to get players to that next level is huge. Like, I'm not saying we're going to be the next Georgia or Alabama or anything because we're pretty damn far away from being both any of those type of programs, but uh, we're definitely on the right track to being a top team in the Big Ten or, like, winning a Big Ten championship because Ohio State's still – far ahead a little bit too yeah I would agree um especially with some of those big name SEC schools I don't think we're as far off as some people may think but definitely defense will determine the future of the team you know if the defense is greatly improved next year even if the offense does take a small step back or even, you know, a fairly decent size step back with Kenneth Walker being gone, I think the defense will be improved enough that will, you know, stay in the mix for the Big Ten title next year as well. I think we'll have an elite pass rush now with Jordan being a coach. Yeah, I agree. I'm happy with uh, the defensive line and linebackers, I think. They really addressed depth and got some players that they think are going to make a big impact. Um, still still kind of waiting to see if we take another DB in the portal or if we just rock with who we've got. Uh, you know, we've got some dogs coming in this recruiting class that play in the secondary, so I guess we'll just see. Yeah, but I agree. Definitely positions of needs in the transfer portal that – I, I don't doubt that would go after him either. Um, one player I really wanted to get was T. Denson, but I think he committed like Colorado or Purdue or something like that. Bus, yeah, whatever. Purdue. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, I don't really have anything else to say unless you guys do. I think that's pretty much everything that I've got. You know, everything's still a little bit early with the defensive line coach stuff. I don't have too much more to say on that. I think we covered all the bases with Northwestern. So, yep. All right. So, um, we don't really have any plans for our next episode yet. Uh, we may get a guest or we may just have our first episode where it's not Michigan State content. Unless something out of the out of the blue shows up again, like it did with Coach Burton, and then the unexpected MSU loss, uh, don't really know what to expect for the next next episode. But I definitely know we'll have something for you guys to listen to. Yeah, definitely. Um, next episode probably won't be about MSU, so uh, we'd love some non-MSU content requests um you know would you want us to cover NFL what do you want us to talk about NBA there's so many different things so just let us know um DM us Uh, I'm sure Nick or I will post a poll at some point trying to get recommendations same with Andrew um so yeah just let us know what kind of non-MSU content you guys would want to see and we'll still be doing the MSU content you guys do want to see just uh we just want to make more content that's not msu too um we did listen to all the suggestions you gave on my instagram poll definitely going to be doing some of those especially the 2022 football um like looking forward to the 2022 season and the 2021 football review we'll definitely do that as as looking forward to the future nfl the future msu players coming in but we're going to be waiting till uh, we see if we get more transfer uh, players in the transfer portal as as well as more recruits. But I don't think we'll be getting more recruits. No, I'm not sure, uh, especially in 22. Maybe, maybe one or two, but I'd be shocked if it's an actual recruit at this point. I think it's going to be mostly transfers. Yeah. What is there, like maybe three or four weeks until late signing period? Yeah. Um, yeah, to about two or three. I think it's the first week of February from – Okay, yeah, so sometime shortly after that, then we'll probably knock out that 2022, um, looking forward to 2022 season kind of predictions, so, yeah. All right, Jacob, you want to, you want to close it off? Yes, sir. I just want to thank everybody for listening as usual. Um, you know, we'll be back with more content soon. You guys have a good one and go green.